Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast that's a platform for mothers who are artists and creatives to share the joys and issues they've encountered while continuing to make art. Regular themes we explore include the day-to-day juggle, how mothers' work is influenced by their children, mum guilt, how mums give themselves time to create within the role of mothering, and the value that mothers and others place on their artistic selves. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter, and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, together with music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our lively and supportive community on Instagram. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Boendick people as the traditional owners of the land which this podcast is recorded on. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your company. My guest today is Katie Callahan, a singer, songwriter and visual artist from Baltimore, Maryland in the United States. And she's a mum of two. Katie moved to Hawaii when she was six and she grew up there, living there until she finished her first year of college before her family relocated to mainland USA. Katie is one of seven children and comes from a very musical family. She grew up playing and singing in the Evangelical Church Worship Band. She plays acoustic guitar and started songwriting in high school. Her music is very lyric-based in the Americana, folk and spirit style and she processes a lot through her music. Katie released her first album of original music in 2019 called Get It Right. Her most recent release from 2021 is The Water Comes Back, which was recorded in Nashville at Grey Matters Studio by Matthew Odmark from the band Jars of Clay, which are Katie's musical heroes. Katie has also been writing a song a month with the assistance of her email and social media followers, with them suggesting a theme for each song. This is a lot of fun. Katie is also a visual artist. She studied painting at college. This was her minor along with theatre performance. She paints primarily in oils and does a lot of mixed media work. Today we compare our songwriting styles, explore the difference between expressing ideas with words as opposed to painting, and we discuss being able to ask for what you want. Today's episode contains discussions of pregnancy loss. If today's episode is triggering for you in any way, I encourage you to seek help from those around you, medical professionals or from resources online. I've compiled a helpful list of international resources, which can be found on my podcast landing page, alisonnewman.net slash podcast. Katie's music appears throughout today's episode with permission and via my newly acquired APRA AMCOS online mini license agreement, which means I can pretty much play whatever I want from now on. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. so much for coming on Katie it is so lovely to meet you and uh, to welcome you to the podcast today thank you so much I'm so happy to be here 
Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. And um, like I was saying before, I've been meaning to ask you for so long to come on because I've been following you for, <laughs> for ages on Instagram and I really love what you do and your energy and just, you know, everything you do is really cool. So thank you for coming Thanks. on. <laughs> Thanks. I'm really, I'm really excited to be here. Oh, you know, cool. people don't ask me a lot of questions. I spent a lot of time with small people so <laughs> they're more instructional you know what I mean <laughs> oh yes it's more of a demand than a question yeah yeah, yeah. you will yeah, get me request. some food yes um yeah, yes, exactly. yeah so whereabouts are you in America I live in Baltimore Maryland oh. so it's like it's just in about an hour from DC yeah, I had um, I had someone on from Maryland the other day, and I made the mistake of saying Maryland instead of Maryland. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. That's that's the that's the history. That's where it comes from. It's Maryland. That's what they intended when they named this place. Yep, it was deeply Catholic in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so, surprise. Um, so, are you are you is Baltimore on the is it Chesapeake Bay? Is that the bay that it's on, or is it? near there it's right it's right near there yeah so we're on the the harbor but it connects and feeds into the chesapeake yeah so cool. we're like if i drive for like 45 minutes basically you're you're at the chesapeake and there's a whole network of you know uh cities and things like that down on the eastern shore which i think is where your guest is from um because i did listen to that one yeah um yeah. when i saw that she was from maryland i was like no way what are the odds yeah. <laughs> you're gonna double dip in maryland um in 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 the span of a a month or something yeah, so. <laughs> yeah literally like yeah not even a, like a couple of weeks that is really cool that's crazy actually, that's really wild. I don't think I've done that before like have people huh. from this apart from Australia obviously there's a lot of people uh-huh. I've had a lot of Melbourne people on um right. but yeah that's cool so have you always lived there I've not always lived here no yep. I came for college <clears throat> Um, but I was, I, my dad is, uh, was in the American military. He's in the army. He's a pediatrician. Um, and so I was, I, we moved a bunch of places, but then when I was six, we moved to Hawaii Mm -hmm. and I lived there through all of my school years through the first year of college. And that summer, then we, they sort of relocated to this part of the world. And I, I, this is where I've been ever since. (laughs) There you go. Um, that's a bit of a different climate change going from yeah. to <laughs> it is. One would wonder why one would do that. <laughs> and I wonder every winter, I feel the same way. Like, oh no, it's happening again. <laughs> oh dear. So does it get pretty cold there where you are? You know, honestly, I'm complaining. It's it's pretty moderate here. It snows it? probably, but only in like January, February. It stays in like the low 40s, um, high 30s through most of the winter. It's it's cold for me. I'm cold yeah. all the time, but um, but it's really it's really not. Um, we don't get like you know not like up further north. They get feet of snow and things like that. we don't. Every now and again, yeah. that will happen, and everyone will panic. But yeah, <laughs> um, I'm so. just gonna look up what. <laughs> Because we we talk in um, Celsius over here, and I want to find out what thirty and forty. Oh, is. oh, mm-hmm. oh! That's four degrees. That's freezing. It's that is cold, so right? cold. Thank you. That's really validating. <laughs> Thank it you. is, and thirty. <laughs> thirty is minus one. Like, yeah, no, that's cold. Yeah, that's like cold. where Thanks. we are, yeah. we don't get snow. Like nowhere in Australia at all. On on normal land not normal land <laughs> not on a mountain we don't, right. get, we don't get snow unless we're up high um yeah. and like that's cold like our eye yeah. wind when like today it's you you wouldn't be able to tell from what I'm wearing I've got a massive big 
turtleneck roll jumper on. It's meant to be <laughs> spring, almost summer here. And it's, yeah. I don't know, maybe 14 and that's cold. Yeah. So like, yeah. You, well, hang on, what's that in yours? That won't mean anything to you. Will it? Um, I was just, I just averaged what you said between the two. So I figured it's, 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 it's 57. Jesus. I would be wearing a jump, a jumper, a sweater, a jacket. I would be, I would be cold. Mm. I would be cold. That's kind of what today was outside too. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're about the same. Yeah. Middle so there season. You go. Yeah. It, it's that transitional getting between, mm-hmm. between the things. So you are a musician and, and also a painter as well. I shouldn't forget that. Um, but let's, <laughs> let's talk music first. How did you first get into music and playing instruments? Oh, um, wow. We are, I come from a pretty musical um, family. I am one of seven kids. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody one time was talking to me and they were like, so when you weren't cosplaying the Partridge family, like what were you doing with your life? But that was kind of what... <laughs> Our um, growing up was we all grew up, um, our family is pretty religious. And so we all played in like the church uh, worship band. And that's kind of where we all learned how to play instruments and music. And and for me, singing was my primary thing. Um, When my older brothers went to college, they took with them their accompaniment skills. And so I had to learn how to, you know, play something to to keep me company. So um, I learned how to play acoustic guitar. and yeah, and then I guess, yeah, that's so we all have played music together for gosh, as long as I can remember. And I just kind of kept doing it. My brothers both still play um, and my sisters both still sing, but less f- formally um, and more just as like releases. And I just sort of took the took the ball and ran and just kept yeah. doing it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, and I really fell in love with um, songwriting when I realized it was like a thing that you could do, you know what I mean? I was like, wait, (laughs) hold on. Like you can take a whole idea and make a, like this brand new thing out of it. And I, I just, I loved it. Um, and so I started, you know, in high school and, um, and, and just kind of never, never stopped, never stopped doing it, Mm -hmm. um, with, you know, pauses here and there for various reasons, but (laughs) yeah. Oh, that's great. So you play, do you play, um, sorry, I've just been distracted by a cat. I can't work out if it's my cat or someone else's cat. That's right, stop now. Sorry, that was just really <laughs> random. That was sorry, Katie. <laughs> Cats. Um, so you play. <laughs> That's fine. Mine is up here too. I expect him to interrupt. It. Oh, cool. <laughs> sorry. Um, I like having chats with people's pets when they come on the podcast. <laughs> Um, so you play guitar. Do you play piano as well? Do you play lots of different instruments? I don't. I'm not a multi-instrumentalist. We learned how to play ukulele in, um, you know, my Hawaii public school education because mm-hmm. you learn to do that uh, along with a recorder. And, yes, the good old um, recorder. But, exactly. So, so but the, that, that is pretty much the extent of my um, instrument playing. And I really have always focused on on voice and on singing mm-hmm. um i've had on and off teachers throughout since i was like 12 um 
but yeah, no, I always, I've always focused on singing and always felt a little uh, ashamed of that. <laughs> oh. I felt a little embarrassed that that was like the only thing, you know, it's it the only thing that I do. Um, but, you know, every now and again, it occurs to me that like, I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of that being my primary instrument and um, yeah. I really love it. <laughs> Not good for you. I really love its relationship to my body and I love, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. In in that way, I play I play acoustic guitar in a in a media minus way, and I'm a singer. <laughs> that's what that's what I am. Oh, good on you. Now, there's no shame in that because I'm the same. I I cannot play. <laughs> I can play the piano just to bash out chords to work out like songs and that, but mm -hmm. Right. I can't play anything in public like well enough to play in front of people. I I just sing. And I shouldn't say just Yeah. sing because we're not just singers No. because that's pretty awesome. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, own it. I'm like, yep, I sing. So there. <laughs> This is what I do. And I mean, like the, the freedom too. like when you're in front of somebody, a, a crowd and like it's only the singing. Oh, my God, the freedom of that, because like, you know, when you're just like trying, it's sort of this like grinding out, like I have to get it right and I have to do the right thing. Half the time, all I'm thinking about is what my, you know, like where my, my fingers are in the fretboard Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and not yeah. really, you know, uh, coming into the song the way that I feel like I could be. But yeah, that's a that's a, a total gift when you get to do that. No, it is. It's pretty special. And I think, yeah, that's something people forget is like singing in itself is, is it like you said, it's a whole, it's a whole body experience. Oh my God. It's, Yeah. Yeah. and, and you know, and then if you're performing like the connection and the emotion and everything, like it's not literally just a thing coming out your mouth, you know, it's, it's everything. Yeah. I've just loved it. I've loved, I, I just recently started lessons again and with somebody that I studied with like eight years ago when I was like pregnant with my oldest. And um, that's the last time I, I saw him. And then I, you know, I was seeing him again. It was just, it was just a wild experience, just the difference of time, but also the reminder of, um, oh, just all the, all the parts of your, how your voice is really just trying to put you in your body like Yeah. how singing is just really about living in your body feeling what your body needs at any given point and reminding it that it can i just like i for you just forget you just forget what it's like to to like to learn that again and it's been both like really humbling because Mm -hmm. i forgot <laughs> forgot all of it and um and i've been doing it you know i don't want to say i'm doing it wrong but like there have been so many times where i've struggled where like if i had just remembered that Yeah. it would have been so helpful you know Yeah, yeah no, yeah. No, it, it is, it, there is so much that goes into it. And I, I think that, yeah, it's important to say that, that we're not just singers. There is so much going on. you describe your songwriting style songwriting style um <clears throat> i would say i'm a i'm a folk singer primarily um i tell a lot of stories with songs i process a lot of things uh through song and um so like americana folk that kind of um spirit is definitely where i tend to land um pretty lyric heavy like that's really my focus 
I'm going back, I'm going to singer first. Um, and so what the singer says is the most important part for me, which is funny because my my spouse is, he he was a drummer a long time. And so like yeah. sometimes he'll be listening to a song and like not even, I'll be like, oh, I hated that line. And he's like, what line? Yeah, he's <laughs> not like, he's like listening to everything else in the song and he's not even thinking about like what the song is actually saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So funny, I guess- though, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of our big differences. But I, I'd say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a folk singer who um, who writes primarily folk songs and sort of the way they're produced feels a little bit irrelevant to me. That's the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've listened to your music. Thank you for sharing your music with the world because you have oh. a divine <laughs> gift and your voice. You. You've got such a beautiful voice. Um, it's like, I can't even describe, it's like, a, it's a, would you say you're an alto you like yeah. that deeper mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah it's so rich um yeah I really really like your voice yeah sorry thank you it doesn't so matter much. what I say about it if you have a beautiful voice no. <laughs> I appreciate it no keep saying it <laughs> <laughs> no yeah I thank you so, thank you very much thank you I appreciate it I appreciate you listening all that I appreciate it it's great yeah. It's great. It's definitely a labor of love. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you also, through your Instagram, um, you share your journey of songwriting each month with mm-hmm. a different theme <laughs> that you put the call out for your your followers to get involved in. Tell us a bit more about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, oh, my. Uh, what a project this has been. <laughs> um, I decided <laughs> at the beginning of this year, I thought to myself, you know, I I'm one of those artists who could get really caught up in the preciousness of when and how I write a thing or make a thing. Like, well, I have to have this much time and um, these must be the conditions and this must be the place. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't want, I didn't want those limitations. I wanted to think about songwriting, you know, in addition to the, those magic moments, which I believe are very true and real. Mm-hmm. In addition to those magic moments, I wanted to be able to work at songwriting like a like a craft. Like how is what is the practice of writing a song? And um I don't know why I did this, but I asked everyone on Instagram to give me their suggestions um for what what would be good song topics. And some people took it seriously and gave me very serious topics and some people wrote like spaghetti and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll see when that one comes up. <laughs> oh. But I put them all. I put the. I have them here. I put them all in this little box, and I yeah. shake it up every month, and I pick one out, and I um, yeah, I build a song around it at the top of every month, and I I'm I'm to be honest, like a very terrible at the production part of <laughs> of rec- the recording part. Isn't that my gift? <laughs> um. So, but, but I made it like, I want to be able to put out these demos. They're just demos. Like, can I release perfectionism enough to release these very imperfect versions of songs that maybe aren't all the way worked through or, you know, maybe weren't my idea. Can I, can I release these things in, in both the spirit of like good fun, but also honesty and sort of a vulnerability in them. But it's been, it's been like a very challenging practice, but also Mm. like a a really, I don't know, like an interesting sort of study, you know, Mm. um, because <laughs> we've had some weird ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, what What do you reckon is the weirdest one that you've had? One month. One month was um, unicorns and glitter. That was mm-hmm. a weird one. I didn't know how we were going to get around that one. Um, we had dating apps. That was a pretty yes, fun one. Yes, I remember that one. I've never done any of that. But the, the people feeding, like the like the gift of people sharing their experiences for that one was like. <laughs> 
amazing <laughs> like flooring like I'm so sorry <laughs> you know like I'm so sorry this is what your life is right now um that was a really good one I don't know what else have we had we've had what if today was your last day mm -hmm. um that was really intense we've had um the, the most interesting thing is sort of like taking the idea that I can see like I can sort of like feel where the person was coming from like the very first mm -hmm. month was um ease you know and so like the idea is, like, oh, I'm coming to this with like a spirit of like, yeah, I'm not going to force this. I'm not going to stress about it. Mm -hmm. And then realizing sort of just like sizing out, like, what is this? What does this actually feel like? And, and, and how does it work within me? Mm -hmm. And so like with ease, like, oh, there's nothing, there's not an easy bone in my, <laughs> in my body. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to overthink this so hard. <laughs> yeah. And so like with, like how to lean into both the, like the reality of my experience while dealing with these, you know, themes that maybe I would not have picked voluntarily mm. um, has, been, I don't know, it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting and fun and I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to lie, but um, <laughs> um, I'm TikToking two more months, but, um, but it, it has been a really good exercise, I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, I think it, it's incredibly challenging to do that, to say, I'm going to write a song for, about a mm -hmm. theme that means absolutely nothing to me, like that you can't yeah. resonate with, that you can't draw on experience right. because I'm the same as you. When I write, it's got to be something that I feel and it's got to be something that's, you know, I've experienced or I can relate right. to. I find it, I mean, I have written a few songs for like electronic dance music where it's, it's literally just lyrics because I imagine myself mm -hmm. on the dance floor and it's all very frivolous and it doesn't, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. not the time for a big, deep and meaningful, you know, <laughs> um, but, <Right. laughs> but my real proper writing, um, yeah, it's got to have some depth. It's got to have some, some background to it. It can't just be mm. blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that would be really yeah, hard yeah. to do. So good for you for challenging yourself in that yeah. way. <laughs> thanks thanks um again i'm not sure it was wise uh but it has i you know what i did get i got a song out of it for a new project i'm recording and so you know oh, if all good. else goes to pot at least i have that and i you know that makes me feel proud that like oh I can work sort of in a pressured situation and and create something that I'm proud of. Anyway. Mm. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's and that's not, the thing too, yeah. the, the pressure, like that time constraint on yourself too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. I feel very uncomfortable with that. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't go good with pressure. I deliberately again. don't put pressure on myself. It's yeah, like, yeah. No. So again, I'm not going to do it again. I'm yeah. not going to do it again. <laughs> it's, been, it's, been, it's been great while it's lasted, but yeah, not, yeah. not, not returning to that. Oh, yeah. dear. What is a song that the seed hears? Why is this life so insistent? It should find its way. Blessed be the springtime and impossible rebirth and the earth to which I Now, I want to mention too, it's been 12 months since you released your album which is called The Water Comes Back. Yeah, so you share, share with us about that <laughs> and that, the experience. Where did you um, record that album? Yeah, um, The Water Comes Back is, it's the second full-length album I've done, and it is, um, you know, it was such a crazy, 
it was a crazy thing. I grew up, like I said, it's sort of playing church music and in the church. And um, my favorite, you know, my favorite bands are all Christian bands and things like that. Yeah. And uh, one of them was called Jars of Clay. And they, um, you know, they were a band that I, I really was very, they, they felt like to me, I don't know how to say it. They, they didn't ever shy away from all the big feelings and a lot of Christian music does a lot of, you know, whatever Christian quote unquote Christian music does not um, deal with hard or difficult things. And they, mm -hmm. it felt like there was a lot of permission in their music and the, in their songwriting style, because it wasn't particularly genre, you know, it's sort of, um, it, and I just, I, and they're very lyric heavy and told a lot of stories. And I, I always love them, even as I moved out of, out of church music and out of, you know, uh, that world. I've always really appreciated them. And after, um, you know, uh, uh, a project in a friend's basement over three, you know, over three years kind of a thing, like mm -hmm. just trying to get myself going again, because it had been a really long time since mm -hmm. I'd done anything like that. Um, I, I, I dropped them a, a line at their info at, you know, their yeah. website email address, just being like, hey, <laughs> like, thanks <laughs> for everything you've done for me. And, um, you know, a little bit ashamed we're like i just did this project and you know i wouldn't have ever written songs had it not been for you guys blah 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 i love you lots bye yeah. um and to my violent amazement they responded i got a response from um charlie who played the keyboard in the band and uh you know in passing was like you know if you ever want to record let let us know and about two months later i realized i had sort of a stash of songs and i wrote back and i was like but for real. <laughs> oh, how awesome. Um, he put me in Matthew Oldmark and he he now runs the studio that they all own together. So um so they, they have a studio, it's in Nashville, and they, they recorded in it for their last few albums. And um while they've all sort of like they all, they come together once a year to do like this Christmas concert that's a benefit for a charity that they created, mm -hmm. um, called Bloodwater Mission. Uh, they don't, you know, in the meantime, they use the space to do, you know, production for people like me, you know, for local artists and, and strangers from Baltimore who happen to send emails. <laughs> 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 but what was nuts about it was like, I emailed them, it, it had to be, it was like, you know, January or maybe February of 2020. Mm -hmm. And so we had our initial conversations and then our world shut down over here, you know, um, mm -hmm. all the way. And so not only then were these wonderful people <laughs> willing to chat with me about doing this future project they also then um we did like zoom co-writes with oh. uh matthew and mark and dan hasseltine who is the, the, one of the singers from from jars of play from the band mm -hmm. and um a guy named lou johnson who who's in a different band and anyway so i was able to do these things that just like were unfathomable to me mm -hmm. over zoom in a, you know like while the world is all the way shut down and um and I got to go, I flew down there in January, 2021, you know, everybody very scared of everything and masked and yeah. all that stuff. And, and, um, but we were able to record the whole thing in a, in sort of a, a, a whirlwind two weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, it was wild. It was amazing. It was, you know, tense, but it was, it was really wonderful. And, um, I'm so, I'm just so grateful, <laughs> so grateful. <laughs> That is an awesome story. I love that. It's like, did you, when you were writing to them, did you think, oh, I shouldn't be doing this? You know, were there, was there any doubt that you were going to write that initial email? Oh, my God, a 
hundred percent. I probably wrote it and rewrote it, you know, like 60 times. And then I spent the next whatever, how many days being like, you, why would you ever <laughs> send that email to those people? That was so ridiculous, you know, and you mm. think everything you do is so ridiculous until there's some evidence that like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was fine. Um, yeah, 100%. Definitely <laughs> retrace those those little digital steps a lot uh, a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, that is just such a wonderful story. I love that. Thanks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good on you. Um, Thanks. <laughs> and there's some lovely photos. I'm guessing that some of the photos you've sent me are from that recording session. The um, Actually, that's from the recording session I just did in August. So I went back oh. down and worked with them again. I worked with oh. them again um, for a new project that will come probably April of um of this coming year uh mm -hmm. so we're just sort of at the on the cusp you know of that big wave that comes where you're about to do like all the publicity and mm -hmm. all that stuff and all the prep that goes into it so i'm, I'm sort of like a, about to be you know <laughs> in yep. the deep end but i'm not quite there uh but yeah That's i recorded funny. a new project um down there which was a lot more relaxed a little less covety and mm -hmm. um uh bless bless for that <laughs> and just a real yeah a real delight to be back down and and there's something about building relationship with people that way and the trust that you have mm -hmm. that that makes you know rounds two and three and four whatever um so much uh so much more i don't know life-giving you doubt yourself so much less mm -hmm. um yeah and and there, yeah and there's just there's so much to, to gain from i think for me anyway, for building those relationships over time. Mm. Oh, well done. It sounds like, yeah, it's going to be a, a lasting sort of connection that you've created. That's really exciting. Yeah, I, I, I hope you. so, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I want to talk about your art as well, that you're a painter. Yeah. yeah. Tell us all about that. Oh, man. That's a harder one to get into. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, that that is one of the ones that I, I studied painting in school, in college. Mm -hmm. It was my minor, along with theater performance. <laughs> what yeah. a funny degree I have. Um, but it, <laughs> something, <laughs> it's something I certainly love. And um, I, I paint primarily in oils. I do a lot of mixed media work um, and things like that. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that's fallen to the wayside a lot more, especially as I've been, um, especially I guess in this phase of my life, um, as in in this motherhood phase, uh, it is. It's you know it's messy and it takes up time and space in ways that other art forms don't. Yeah. Um, man like this is this is like uh it's like it's just it's so um it's not effortless that's not what i'm trying to say but it comes so naturally it's it's so much like you know like an inhale and an exhale and it's just like i i, I love it so much i love it so much yeah. and that was when i was like oh man this is this i miss this you know i really miss this and the ideas that move differently you know in paint than they do with words or mm. or even with music you know and um yeah 
yeah I, lo- I love it <laughs> yeah it's interesting um because I've recently because of this podcast um and the people mm-hmm. I've met I've sort of gotten into trying painting um which and I really enjoy it and I just mess around there's no structure mm-hmm. with mine um and it is so different isn't it like the way that you can express yourself um mm. and an artist said to me they can't imagine writing music or you know things with words and I I've struggled with the other side of it to get my point across without words <laughs> mm. so it's like you know what I mean like how do you sit yeah. with that sort of expression of your creativity oh that's such a good question um I think I think that I I don't know I'm trying to think now the the I was much better as a student at at being willing to let the image be the message mm-hmm. and whatever somebody got from it so be it or like you know the the the, the brevity of a title mm-hmm. like letting that be the whole message or like the the spark that made somebody curious about something else that made them maybe look twice at an image where they would not have looked twice before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like, you know, I've, I, in my, one way that I've gotten back into visual art in the last few years is doing these little, these little haiku squares. So like four by four squares that I, you know, sort of abstractly paint and then sort of build on with whatever I have around, you know, be it glue or varnish or like little things that I just have sitting around. And I I write a haiku, you know, like 575, and I'll I'll build sort of the image around around that. And I have these little tiny, um, these little tiny, you know, squares that I have that have, it's like art, but it's also words. And I wonder now, just, just like listening to that, I wonder if that is like an element of me not willing to let the image be itself anymore because yeah. I've leaned so far into songwriting that like like I can't tr- I, maybe I don't trust you know that the image is enough yeah or yeah. trust the viewer even the consumer to take you know to take what they will take and um mm, yeah you know and and if it's different than I intend so be it you know that's a yeah it's a real exercise in trust and that's that's a really interesting idea that I hadn't even considered before <laughs> mm. yeah because my son uh, my little boy who's seven he asked me Oh, we had this conversation about how can you tell what the painting's about? And I mm. said, it's really up to the person looking at it to work out how they want to interpret it. And then I yeah. thought to myself, that's sort of, I mean, that's fine, but then are they missing mm. the point? Are they missing what the artist wants them to see? Or is that okay? Is that part of the whole thing? You know what I mean? Like, And I know even in songwriting, unless you're, extremely explicit with your lyric like this 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 like it's there's no other way you could you know understand right. this. And then you think there's songs that have been written about really different things to what they come across so it's happening right. everywhere all the time <laughs> exactly right right and to some extent there are lots of artists that prefer that right like there are lots of artists who are like please don't understand exactly what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. please be misled like that's like, this is a silly example but that song you know closing time closing time da, na, na. Yeah, yeah. that song is about his his kids being born um yeah, not well. about a bar closing you know yeah, even yeah. though it, so so it's like a it's like i'm gonna write this i know you're gonna i know you're not gonna get exactly what i'm saying and yeah. that's gonna delight me on some yeah level. exactly yeah <laughs> That's, that's part of the I'm thing. By it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I'm definitely somebody who wants to be understood 
Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with the Enneagram? I don't know how big the Enneagram is over there, but I am not, but I might not. It might be bigger than what I think it is because I don't know everything. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm going to Google it. How do you spell it? E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, I think, Enneagram. Oh, yes. Yep. Oh, yes, yes. I I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 So there are, you know, there are different types and every type has a distinct like um, desire and a distinct fear and whatever. And like the, 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 the large picture is like everybody's a little bit of everything, but everybody also has like their own distinct little number. And like this is for me, it's just it's been a useful map, specifically relationally, just trying to like get a lot of empathy, both for myself and others. Um, but but my type is is always wants to be understood, longs to be understood, but also wants to be very elusive (laughs) so it's exactly the tension that you're talking about where it's like it's like i want you to get it but don't get it (laughs) (laughs) don't look so close but please look at me (laughs) oh that is that is a challenge that one isn't it it's so silly i mean it's so silly but it but it is it's like it's like i don't want to be obvious but also please understand exactly what i'm Um, and if you don't I'll be devastated for weeks (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna take it really hard oh my gosh that's fun I'm gonna do that I've never done like I did like you know the personality like whether you're a high I or a J or I don't know yeah 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 that's a Myers-Briggs is what that one yeah that's the one yeah but this this one I'm gonna have a crack at that one that's really interesting (laughs) because I'm the same I like I want that's I think this is why I struggle with just straight out visual art because I want people to understand what I'm saying because it's Mm -hmm. like why would I do it this is me why would I do it unless Mm -hmm. my point comes across and Mm -hmm. I know that that's that's just me I have a very if my sister's listening to this, she'll agree. I have a very intense need to control things. Um, <laughs> have things done the way I want them to be done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm getting better as I get older to mm-hmm. let go of okay. control and perfectionism, but it's, it's so hard. hard. It's truly work. It's truly work. Yes. It's truly work. And it, and it takes a like, you know, perfectionism sounds cute. You know, you can be like, I'm a perfectionist, but it's really deeply damaging. And, mm-hmm. and, and it can really lead to a lot of self uh, judgment and others judgment. And it, you know, it doesn't really serve. It doesn't really serve. And like, I, you know, I, I don't think I even realized that till I was a very grown up person. Like, oh this is actually not a compliment (laughs) oh no (laughs) you know Um, this is actually hindering you quite a bit (laughs) in your journey so Mm. yeah yeah I I think age probably has a lot to do with that like you say Mm. (laughs) age and perspective and Mm. I don't know it's like but yeah the best way I can describe um myself is in this little anecdote from when I was five and I was singing at um our school concert um and the teacher was holding the microphone for me and I took I put my hand on her and moved it closer because she wasn't holding it in the right spot and that's I sort of say that's all you need to know about me (laughs) and that's it in conclusion it's Alison in a nutshell (laughs) I love it oh I love that so much that's a great story I could see my five-year-old doing something like that (laughs) I could see her doing something like that for sure.
Well, on that, I love that. You've, you've, seg- you've segued me beautifully into your children. Can you share <laughs> how many children you have? You don't have seven, do you? <laughs> oh my God, no! No one should have seven. No, don't say that. Anybody who wants seven should have seven. That's fine, but it's a lot of personalities. <laughs> um, I have two. I just have two kids. Um, two two daughters. One is um, going to be nine, and the other is five, five and a half. Yep. That's nice. great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're really fun, really uh, precocious, super smart, um, much more confident than I ever was. Certainly um, teach me things every day are, you know, they are uh, deeply creative kids, which is really fun for mm. me to bear witness to because they're creative in different ways um, and louder than I was, you know, as a kid. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like they're creative and also like, demonstratively so versus like I was always a little bit ashamed of what I did you know for most of my life I just kind of hid I literally turned our closet we had like a closet um where we would like would dump our backpacks at the end of the day Mm -hmm. um and I it was not big and I like I don't remember how it happened but there was a desk in it and I just like adopted that was like my little space (laughs) (laughs) do my little things you know yeah, it's just Katie in a closet. That's what. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and that's what I was like as a child. That's all you need to know. About me. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! I can just visualize that this little person <laughs> sitting in the closet. Oh man! Oh. oh, so your girls aren't in the closets. They're 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 doing their oh. thing out in the world. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely doing their thing out in the world, and I I love that. Honestly, mm-hmm. they are real teachers for me. Um, and, um, you know, and that showing me things that I, I don't want to teach them, you know, um, they're doing things that I wish I had learned as a kid versus like doing something that I, you know, should undo or, you know, control in them, um, which is really a, a gift. And when I can actually gain the perspective to see that it it really is a a gift for sure. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. Like my, um, is that your cat? Did your cat, mm-hmm. is your cat in there? Can you hear him? <laughs> I can't hear him. I thought I, <clears throat> where are you? What's, what's, you see, you see his little eyes. <laughs> Hello. What a creep. What little, a creep. Look, at, look at the tat. Is it, is that his tat? Oh, no, it's his hand. Oh, he's pulling. his hands. He's oh, yep. Hello. <laughs> oh, I can't let my cats in here because they've both got bells on their collars. So they come in. <laughs> yeah. And one day I was in here recording like actually properly recording vocals and I didn't realize the cat was in here and next minute she's going I'm like damn it that was a really good take no oh the nerve I know you know what I so I record this is my this is the third floor of our house Mm -hmm. but it's like you know it was an attic so it's yeah this way it's got you know and it's not it's going on (laughs) yeah lots of shapes it's not insulated and so I have like a little recording like area but it's not it's not particularly soundproofed at all. Um, and his little cat area is back behind it. And so almost every single time I'm like doing a quick recording, he's like, guess what? I'm going to use a litter box right now. <laughs> Why? No. Oh, have fun. Every time. Every time. Like, scratch, 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 scratch. Yeah. Well, that's like yesterday. I was recording a podcast at half past seven in the morning. I don't usually do them that oh. early, but it's the mm-hmm. time. It was a Sunday afternoon in Los Angeles. And yeah. The, the wall that is right in front of, like literally this far in front of where I'm sitting, backs onto mm-hmm. our ensuite. So my husband's in there having a shower 
and the fans on and then <laughs> I never knew started squealing and I'm just like oh my god I'm trying to smile and just think far out this better not come through <laughs> I didn't I don't know how it didn't oh miracle. gosh it was a miracle of sound engineering it was, it was amazing <laughs> maybe this wall's thicker than I give it credit for I don't know right it's like a one-way sound only you can hear it to feel sensitive about it (laughs) nobody else can hear it either (laughs) oh but but i'm one like my window to my neighbors is right here and every now and then their next door neighbor's dog will start up and Mm -hmm. um he's actually Mm -hmm. if you listen really closely in because i just use the same introduction each time you can hear him going (laughs) 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 i put the music It's really That's funny. Oh man. Anyway, I'm going silly now. Are we to a so in terms of, of being a mum and having your, your daughters, um, how did that sort of fit in amongst your your music? Um, were you able to, you were recording or doing things or writing, you know, as they were children, babies, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff? Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I always a little bit, I'm a little bit embarrassed when this question comes up, getting a little schwitzy. Um, I, so my life is, I mean, the the rhythm of my life ended up being a little bit unorthodox in in that I was married very young um, and divorced very young and, uh, and then sort of married young um, to a much older. And in the course of that period of life, um, I think I just sort of, folded myself into a shape that fit the life he already had mm-hmm. so you know I moved into his home and all my paintings you know I shoved them into closets and I um I you know I kind of like tried to make my th- stuff as um uninvasive as possible you know yeah. and then I got pregnant within you know a month or two of us being married mm-hmm. and so not only was I newlywed in this new sort of life I also um, had, had, had a baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. So suddenly, like, I felt like an invader, like, like, even the presence of my daughter, like, I had to be almost apologetic about everything about uh, the the way that we were changing my husband's life. Yeah. Right. Um, from the sound in the house, you know, to like, I was exclusively feeding her to, you know, like, I didn't, I didn't want to push anything. Mm-hmm. Um, or be too much or take up too much space in anybody's world. And then, you know, then I, we had our, our second uh, daughter three and a half years later. And, um, you know, it's kind of more of the same. I was a little bit, I'd say a little bit more comfortable in the idea that like we lived in this house and it should look, it should look like it. We should be comfortable existing, you know, in our space with our things and babies are messy and loud and Mm -hmm. disruptive. And like, this is what I, how I should embrace this all. Um, but like, you know, through all, throughout all of that, I was, I was playing music in, in my, in the church setting. And, um, and that was about it. You know, I have, I had a few songs sort of that I'd written very periodically over, I don't know, probably like 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, 
before I really was like, I'm gonna, I'm going to record these. I'm gonna record these songs. And it was actually a friend from the church setting, um, several of them that ended up helping me uh, do that, but instrumentalist and also um, a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, all of that work is really, for the most part, internal. And it's not super disruptive to a larger, uh, or a larger home narrative. And I, yeah, I think, um, you know, when I, even when I left the church, which was sort of like a big deal for me, that's a big, you know, it's Mm -hmm. something that I had my whole life and I was sort of trying, like coming awake to things that I'd never really considered and, um, you know, ways in which I had been, (laughs) that all these behaviors of hiding and of, Mm -hmm. um, fitting a mold had in, had been informed, you know, by that sort of education spoken or unspoken from that environment. Mm-hmm. And, um, but all that work again, it was internal. Yeah. So I think honestly, like I'm, I don't think I would have tried again. I don't think that I would have started recording even that first project, which again was like 12 years of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, that recorded over three long years, you know, tediously in someone's basement. I don't think that I would have even tried to do that had I not had my daughters Mm. because through them was how I began to see and understand there was a self worth pursuing and saving. Mm. Um, Not that I live for my daughters, but rather my daughters deserve to see me live. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that they can, they can do the same, um, for, for themselves. Cause the last thing I would want for these exuberant, you know, bright lights is for them to think that they should be holding themselves in any particular way <laughs> mm. other than the way that they, that they, you know, that they want to be. So, yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, that's a very long winded way of saying, I think I'm learning a lot even right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty powerful. Isn't it like that you, you were so aware of the way you were living, the reflection it would have on them. Like that's mm. massive. You know, a lot of people wouldn't even have that, you know, what's the word? Like a self-actualization of actually, mm. you know, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's massive. It's <laughs> yeah. massive. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, especially lately, a lot of this new music that I'm working with has a lot to do with, um, with like the things that I, that I never learned how to do. And one of those things I've, I've realized is, is like to want, like <laughs> how mm. to want and express want and desire and how to, you know, how to do that without, um, and take that space up and be like, yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> you know? mm, like, yeah. I don't really particularly care if you don't want to do that. Like I do, you know, how to, you know, how, how, what does that mean? You know, how can I differentiate my identity from the fact that maybe it doesn't agree with everybody else's want? Mm. um and and you know and like seeing in my oldest like she'll say I don't know you choose I don't know you choose or Mm. and like already seeing evidence that like there is there there maybe is evidence of the of uh of my lack of ability to express one and teach one to them Mm. and so that like you know that sets a fire in you like oh god I don't want that yeah, I don't want that mm. for you. You know, yeah. I want to know exactly what you want. <laughs> Even if you think it's going to make me uncomfortable, I want to know exactly what you want. You know, yeah. that's it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And it's interesting. I had a conversation this morning. I recorded a podcast and we were talking a lot about people pleasing 
And it's like, you feel like you have to say yes to everything because you're going to offend someone. And that just reminded me, it's like, you're allowed to speak your mind, even if the other person is not going to agree with you or not going to Mm -hmm. come along with that Mm -hmm. or whatever. You don't have to be worried about offending people. Right. Yeah. 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 Because even if you do it, chances are it's, um, it's probably their problem. (laughs) Yes. It's probably their thing to sort out. Yeah. And that was exactly what we said too. It's like, it's, I think we get so caught up in that the response we get from someone, we think that it's all about us just because it's directed at us, but really it probably has nothing to do with us at all. But we're Mm also egocentric beings that we think about ourselves first. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. You're listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman. While we were talking about the church, I want to mention, if if this is all right to go there, that you made an awesome post on your Instagram today. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than me describe it, would you like to take take the listeners through this and and where it came from and, and I guess the points you were making in it? So it's very intriguing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, I so I have a I have a song. It's called Witches. It's on the Water Comes Back, um, and uh, in it, the whole point of the song basically, I I, um, I went on this retreat in Ojai with two really amazing women leaders. One's named Lisa Gunger. She's a musician as well. And the other is um, Dr. Hillary McBride. And she's a psychologist and she's an author. And um, she writes a lot about embodiment. Uh, And that sort of is what that whole retreat was about. Like the Mm -hmm. retreat was about sort of like unifying, you know, um, our insides and our outsides, which sort of culturally we've been taught to separate. and so I went on this retreat, I actually went twice and I met this like sort of incredible group of women and you just, or like, you know, feminine identifying folks. And what you, what I took away from that was just sort of like how all of us, all of us there would probably on some level, you know, have been burned at the stake if we were born 500 years earlier, <laughs> 400 years earlier, earlier. Um, 400, not 500. Um, but uh yeah so so i wanted to write a song that sort of emphasized the sort of the plight of just being sort of anybody who existed outside of a a heteropatriarchal norm Mm -hmm. and in a reclamation kind of way so that's what that song is about um and the second verse is about is about eve and um the the lines are if eve uh, basically the premise is if if um you know, the, the the prevailing narrative is that Eve ruined Adam. But what if the real fault of Eve was not that she, you know, gave him the fruit to eat, but that she kept him from doing the work of finding the fruit himself? <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's really her curse, you know? It's like, no, 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 it's just assumed that we're just going to always do the work. Um mm-hmm. Uh, as women, you know, or whatever. Uh, so anyway, in the in the post, I had a there was a, a print of of Eve and the snake, and I I recreated it with a a t shirt, and I <laughs> uh, 
I drew boobs on the t-shirt and then I had an apple and a little stuffed snake and I yeah. uh, basically yeah just sort of parodying the you know the whole the whole visual narrative of that story <laughs> yeah. I love that take on it I, I love that because the thing I've always struggled with like I went to I was baptized Presbyterian but I went to a Catholic school oh, wow. because mm-hmm. um it was just the nearest one to our house really um, yeah <laughs> and um I always thought well Adam had to eat that apple. She didn't force it down his throat. Like that's the right. thing I, I always just kept thinking, but why I don't get this. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just really frustrated me. So uh, I'm having um, my little fellow who's seven, Digby, he's starting to ask questions about religion and they mm. were teaching them about um, like Easter. He wanted to understand yeah. about the, you know, the Easter story. And I'm yeah. like, oh, here we go. Like, and, that's and, a can I, of worms. <laughs> oh, and I always just say to him, look, some people believe this other people believe that like it's up to you to decide what you want to believe in and I'm and I like I'm I don't eat meat and I don't force that on anyone else in my family like religion I'm not going to force that on anyone else my politics my politics I do kind of I don't want to say I force it on them but I make them understand things a bit but you know it's up to everyone to decide what they want to do and then I think that respect to allow people to make their choices either way you know to be to live in a society that we can allow you know differences and not allow that to divide us um so violently I guess right right it goes back to what we were saying about the wanting like can I say what I want and be and trust both in like my own sense of self and the other person's sense of self that like I can separate those two things that what and and separate myself from my ego like Mm. no I am not the center of the universe it does not you know my center doesn't have to be their center and and is still valid even if it's only mine yeah um and that's such a that's such a hard thing yeah to yeah. learn and it's so great that you're telling your kids that now you know oh. what I mean all the oh. things they don't have to unlearn later yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really important oh I don't know I mean I'm sure this is going to be something they'll, they'll say, oh, oh I'm sure to us, <laughs> probably to do with politics but um but on politics but I do want to mention you've got your midterm elections coming up shortly and I love the post that you're sharing around that. There was the the, the um, advertisement where the little girl, she's 11 or 12, and she comes up yeah. to the counter and says, oh, I've heard you've got babies for, up for adoption. And the lady says, oh, you're too young to adopt. And she's mm. like, but I'm old enough to have a baby. And it's like mm. this, the ludicrousy, like I, I'm, I don't know, I find it really, I feel very compassionate and I feel a lot of love for you guys over there what, what is going on for for women over there particularly and I'm just mm-hmm. it got it makes me so cross <laughs> yeah and I can't yeah. imagine what it'd be like living living that yeah yeah I mean you know I am in an incredibly privileged position in that like that is not a choice at this point in my life that I'd have to make you know um I but you know I, I, I'll tell you when I when I lost a pregnancy was probably the most affirming experience of choice I've ever had, you know, because you realize how much you do want something. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the, you know, and then if I want something this much, what's the equal and opposite, you know, Mm -hmm. the equal and opposite might be somebody really doesn't and shouldn't have to, shouldn't have to, (laughs) <laughs> and should be able to make a choice, uh, a choice for themselves. And, and, um, you know, in our, in our, our, our culture is so rot and so, um, 
racially fraught and uh, and so much of our politics have to do with um with with class and with with money and who has it and who doesn't and um and that you know this is just another example of how the people with the least uh who have been sort of forced to have the least over the the course of our of our uh country's history are going to suffer the most again you know and this is just another example yeah it's a really that's really tough and uh you know uh, i live in a state that's primarily um uh choice leaning Mm -hmm. and sort of is almost never at risk for not not being that way so again that's an incredible privilege i have you know like i I don't really have to worry about my immediate surroundings and friends here but there are (laughs) there are plenty of other places not very far away um, Mm. that don't have that yeah it's just i i just i find it really unfathomable like and I'm not mm. throwing shade on America at all. I'm just saying it's like, it just seems to me like such a basic right. Mm. I don't know. It just makes me so mm. mad. And it, it, mm. it's perpetuated by white men, you know, like this thing we've been, <laughs> we're still, you know, I feel like we've gone yeah. from, you know, Adam, one white man to another. Right. <laughs> know, it's just, it's always been there. Um, and yeah. I don't know. It just makes me so mad. And, um, mm. Anyway, if you're in America and you can vote and go vote and make your vote count, please. Yeah. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Now's the time to register. Like now your registration is going to start closing. So yeah. So Get when is it? When's the actual day? Like when do you can you do you go on one day and vote over there? Is that how it works? You can. I just got my early ballot. If I wanted to use that, I could send it in. I just got it this week. So I could send that in starting, I think, now. And then or it might be next week. Mm-hmm. I think it's the two weeks preceding because November, I want to say the 8th, is that right? Yep. The 8th is our election day. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's usually the first Tuesday. So All that's right. what it is this year. Um, yeah. A lot of, you know, a lot of important motions on a lot of ballots. It's midterms. And so people don't vote as much. So if you're, you know, if you are American, <laughs> please, please vote in this mm. midterm election. Um, it's really important. And you guys, you don't, like over here, we have to vote. Like it's the law to vote. <laughs> No. Yeah. Which has Whoa. Its, which has its own sort of ups and downs sure. on either side. Sure. Um yeah, but over there you get to choose if you vote, which has its own ups and downs as well, I suppose. Yeah. I mean it's a, it's also complicated, isn't it, by like people mm. being limited by whether or not they can vote with our felony laws and, and things like that. Uh and also just like uh just a fundamental discrimination, like ID laws and there's all sorts there's all sorts that keep people mm. from voting here too. So it's yeah. almost like people are afraid. Well, that's the reason for everything, isn't it? Like people oh, are yeah, fear, yeah. That if you know, yeah, that if people mm. vote really, then um where does power go and well, the power's in the people's hands that's where it's supposed to be yeah where it's but, supposed uh, to be. Yeah, gosh. Yeah. yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting to watch so all the best i'll be looking out for you guys <laughs> i will i'm sorry that sounded very flippant yeah good luck with that <laughs> god help you so much oh you know no that we will take it. i think we'll um, take it as as a mother Mm -hmm. um you've talked about how your choices 
that you made, how you're going to live your life um, were really influenced by your children. Do you find that your your writing, your music is heavily influenced by your children? Hmm. I think I don't particularly separate my identities out anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that I, you know, I, I struggled with this on my, my album, The Water Comes Back, because I felt like, you know, I have a song that is about that, that miscarriage experience. And I remember being like, I don't want people to dismiss this song because it's about, you know, like a woman's issue yeah. <laughs> or whatever, because in my mind, it's not a woman's issue. You know, like it, that's just like a, that's a consequence of being a person, you know? Um, and I didn't make that baby myself, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that alone. Um, it's not just my, it's not just my issue to deal with. And, um, and yeah, so, so I felt like a little bit of like a conflict, you know, in, in that, like, I, I'm going to write about who I am and who I am includes being um, a woman and includes being a mother and includes like acknowledging that I have those roles and I'm not going to like pretend like I don't because they're really important parts of my life. They dominate most of my time, you know? Mm. Um, but, the, but those, I feel like a lot of women uh, have to pretend like it's not the case, like when they're writing and, mm. and like, maybe that's a choice. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, maybe there are other songwriters who are like, this is my way of reclaiming, you know, an individual identity is to write, is to not write about them, you know, <laughs> mm. to not like yeah. them. Um, but because my, 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 the way that I write and what I write about is so immediate and uh, often very responsive to where I am in my, you know, environment and Mm -hmm. circumstance, then they show up, they keep showing up those girls. (laughs) Um, um, And maybe not like overtly, like this is a song about my daughter, you know, like like that, but uh, um, because only country singers can get away with that. But (laughs) (laughs) um. But yeah, no, they, they definitely show up. And again, I don't I don't think that I would write honestly in a lot of ways and in the same ways had they have they had they not been a part of my life, even when the songs are not about them overtly, their mm. presence is informed, you know, that the song exists. Yeah. For me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, that no, that makes sense. Because you literally you are a different person. Like to the person that didn't have children um yeah yeah for better for worse right (laughs) yeah yeah oh dear so talking about that identity when you became a mum did you have like a big profound shift that maybe you were losing a part of yourself or was it all like a positive I'm gaining this part like how did you sort of go through that experience I Oh, it's such a funny part of my life. It's such a funny part of life because I think that because of the way that my life had shifted so dramatically in that small window of time, my husband and I almost didn't date even. Like we just like, oops, we're married. Um, and so my daughter came so soon after, you know, I, I <laughs> so he, this is embarrassing. So he was my, he was my boss. I worked in a wine shop and he was my boss. And um, so we got married and obviously I stopped working immediately. Mm-hmm. And my thought was like, oh, I'm going to find a job, whatever. And then I got pregnant and I was like, oh, I'm going to hire me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave. 
again. So I stayed home for those nine months that I was pregnant and I felt a little wayward for sure. Like, what am I doing? And I felt a lot of shame. Like I, I have to be, I better busy myself with a lot of little projects, you know, um, so that it looks like I'm doing something so that nobody can look at me and say that I'm not basically. Mm. I was unaccustomed to not doing. And so I, I decided, you know, so, so like I wrote for a little column, a little wine column in a local, um, uh, a local set, like website. And I, you know, made a lot of art and I did the nursing, did all the things. Um, but, you know, uh, I think I was so relieved to have as big a project as a newborn. Yeah. Because, yeah, because yeah, when you have that, nobody can look at you and say, you're not doing enough. Yeah. You know, you have a kid, a little small person, and, and I adopted the, the most of the work. Mm. I think now looking back, probably because I could then be like, look at, look at everything I was, and I'm going to be the best, you know, housewife. And I'm also going to have this newborn strapped to me as I do it. And what are mm. you going to do then? You know, you going to tell me now I'm not doing enough. And, uh, mm. Yeah, so I think it wasn't that motherhood made my identity. I, I, you know, I hear a lot of women say this that their their identity felt challenged or taken from them by motherhood. I think that I adopted a whole persona role, mm -hmm. so that I I uh, so that I could basically like prove that I had value, <laughs> mm. that there was worth in me um, via the, those roles. Uh, you know, and not, not so simplistically, you know, but I do think that that is absolutely something that happened when I became a mom. Definitely. Definitely. And, and it wasn't until, I, I don't know, I, I think having them, I, I just, I just think it, it sort of reminded me that I am a creative being mm -hmm. who cannot not create. And, um, and that in order to do so, in order to encourage them to be creative beings, like I had to be willing to sort of lean into that mm -hmm. part of who I was. Uh, and it, yeah, and imperfectly, <laughs> you know, very imperfectly. Yeah. Um, to the point where like even now, like now, now is when I'm like, oh man, I'm being a bad mom right now because I am, you know, I'm leaning very hard into this one direction or being very annoyed at them for not allowing me to at this moment or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, that's again, very long winded way of saying like, yes, motherhood changed, changed my identity. But I think, <laughs> I think in this case, it was sort of was like, I, I took it on as like a persona mm. um, and almost like an, an attempt to shape an identity before I really realized that like there was one already there that mm. was worth pursuing. Yeah. Mm. Did, was that something that you sort of realized after the fact or were you aware of it at the time, do you think? Oh, I think, I think it was, I think it was after the fact. I mm -hmm. think in the moment I was really desperate to prove how good I was. Yeah. Um, and how much I could contribute to this life that already existed, you know, with my, my, in my, my husband's life and in, you know, this like big life that already existed that I sort of married into. And, um, yeah, I think, I think it took a long time for me to realize like, oh, I didn't, 
I didn't feel willing to try <laughs> for a long time. I didn't feel willing to like lean back into me, like the identity of me, like who I am as a person uh, yeah. outside of, you know, this, 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 this life and how that could be a contributing beneficial positive force as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Um, that's a very powerful thing, isn't it? That's mm. like really profound. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a really interesting thing to be in the middle of. And I know you're catching me at like such a weird moment in my like creative process and journey and stuff with this, with this new project, because these new songs are all about, um, they're all about that. They feel like they're holding me accountable. You know, they feel mm -hmm. like they're demanding something of me that I never really walked all the way into. And I feel like in order to be like an honest person, an honest artist, I have to do like all this work, you know, to, mm. as a, in my own identity and, um, you know, sh shifting, challenging what I have told myself the story was, uh, my story here in this life and, and allowing the discomfort of, you know, having wants and, um, you know, making something uncomfortable for somebody else maybe or mm. not fitting into their timeline or or you know all those things um even you know even the small little things yeah are are, are just stuff that I have to like work out now mm. <laughs> I'm on a day-to-day -day basis being like this is uncomfortable also it's good <laughs> you know yeah that's it isn't it yeah. to go through that that to that yuckiness to get out the other side and have achieved something i suppose or gotten through yes. that yeah a little bit yeah. yeah and like right now it's like i don't know will we get will i get through it i mean i hope so i hope it's much easier to be fine all the time you know oh. it's much easier to be like i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine but like what if i'm not and what if i like acknowledge it <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah yeah mm. what comes from that you know yes and to, to take up that space and go actually mm -hmm. no so there, now what are you going to do with it? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that, actually, because <laughs> I'm not fine. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good on you. The subject or the concept of um, mum guilt is something that I enjoy talking to my guests about and not because mm. I like to say, hey, tell me all about your guilt. Um, it's like I just find it <laughs> such a fascinating topic um, and I love that I've had some guests on that have had to Google it because they don't even know what it is. And, you know, it's a it's one of these things that everyone feels differently or doesn't feel at all, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Um, what's your take on the whole subject? Mom guilt. Well, I will. It is a hundred percent real, and I don't know if that's again because of my um, evangelical upbringing. Guilt just comes naturally to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> feeling guilty about everything. That's my fault. I was recently driving with my sister, and she's just like we were just driving along, and she looked at me. She's like, "Stop saying sorry. Why do you keep saying sorry?" And I was like, "Oh, I was. You know, I didn't even yeah. realize it. it yeah. Just comes so naturally." Um, uh, I think, I think I spend a lot of time, 
you know, on, on the internet, on Instagram and places like that, trying to sort of like feel out who my people are, like, what are, where are the places that, like, where can I find the people who maybe would benefit from hearing my music? And that's somewhere I spend a lot of time. And there are, you know, multitudes of accounts, you know, mom accounts and things like this. And a lot of them are pretty fictionalized and um, not real representations of what it is. And a lot of them are these like, <laughs> You can go in extremes, right? I used to joke, like I had one, I had, when I had a kid in preschool, all the parents are like, yes, I'll show up for that 10 a.m. event and I will bring treats and everything will be great and I will make them myself. And you know, like I'll knit everyone a scarf. And then I went to like, I took my kid, <laughs> I took the same kid, you know, into her, her primary school and all the parents were like competitively um, uh, like disassociating. <laughs> like they were like, what? <laughs> Forgot I even had a kid. <laughs> You know, like, when's the birthday? I don't know. <laughs> like these two very goofy extremes of like, oh, what? Okay. Um, um, so I think that I, I have felt guilty. I, I feel more guilty now about doing my work than I ever have, but it's because I'm doing more work than I ever have. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and coincident and like conveniently for me, like my, my two children, this is the first year they're both in school for longer than like two hours at a time. Mm -hmm. So they're both gone for a large period of the day for the most part, which gives me a little bit of space, which means that like in this, in the time that they are home, I feel like I can participate more with them. Mm -hmm. um, not perfectly, certainly, because a lot of the time I'm still trying to like eat on a few hours, you know, <laughs> I can just do this thing. She just looks the other way for, yeah. you know, three minutes more or whatever. Um, yeah, but definitely I'd say that I feel more guilty now about, you know, oh, I didn't take my kids apple picking. Oh, you know, like that's a fall thing I should have done with my children. You know, like, I should, oh yeah, you know, like yeah. there are these things that I should have done. Dang it. But like, I always joke, like I'm not a, I'm not like a, I'm not a, I'm not a participator, you know, like I don't, um, I'm not the volunteer, you know, at the, the magic show. <laughs> yeah. You're sitting in your covers. Um, exactly. I'm like, go ahead. Um, and I, you know, like I hate, I'm not like an amusement park person. I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I want to sit at the back of the class so I can watch everybody else, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's where I am. And I sometimes just forget about like the very, uh, you know, all the stuff, the stuff that kids get to do. And um, sometimes I feel really bad about that because I have, you know, relatives and friends who are really good at remembering that kind of stuff. But there are other times where I'm just so grateful that I've given my kids the space to be bored. Mm -hmm. And um, because they're so deeply creative. Yeah, they're so creative with the way that they use their time, their stuff, um, the, you know, the, the imagination and their ability to be with themselves mm -hmm. um, yeah, and not have to constantly be entertained yes. by me or anyone, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, that's I think massive. that, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I fluctuate between just feeling like, oh my God, I did, you know, I'm, I'm failing them. <laughs> I'm feeling them because we didn't go apple picking or whatever, you know? <laughs> and like, wow, I'm really glad that we spent the afternoon, you know, upstairs learning how to use a hot glue gun or whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever it might be. Yeah. yeah. That's it, isn't it? Like, I don't know. It's just, there was a lady I interviewed yesterday who said her mum can't understand why this generation of mothers feels like we always have to be 
entertaining our children. It's mm. like like going here, doing this, doing that, doing that. And I mm. feel like it's what you're saying is is awesome because when I remember my childhood, I I don't remember like my, obviously my parents were there, um, but I don't remember <laughs> doing, 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 doing things with them at Mate. home. You know, we were when we we're at home, Mate. it was like you go create your games or you go do what you want to do or you play your instrument or you, you just do things. Right. And my sister and I are two and a half years different. So we're often, mm-hmm. you know, together, you know, ferreting around doing something or, mm-hmm. you know, and that I feel like mm-hmm. that's not that's not what childhood is now. Um, there's always got yeah. to be something yeah. that they're doing or something that they're mm. given to entertain them. And, you know, devices mm-hmm. are obviously come to front of mind, but, um, and even in, um, I did some training at work the other day. I'm a, um, mm. early childhood educator. I work in the kindergarten mm-hmm. and we were asked to re- recall the words that described our childhood. And I remember like freedom literally came to mind because mm. we were free to, Hmm. do what we wanted, decide what we wanted. We could go out and, you know, ride the bikes around. So literal freedom, but the freedom to say, you know, let's just make up this game or whereas now I feel like there's so much, I don't want to say control, but it's, there's got to be things presented to kids all the time. So I love what you're doing with your kids and it sounds like awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of my childhood. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what? Yeah. Like even just hearing you say that, like that, I love that you said that freedom is what came to mind. Like, I'm not sure that that's the word that I would come, that, that would come to mind, but like my, mm-hmm. you know, my mom had four kids after me. Yeah. Like there was not, there was no activity. Like she couldn't possibly take us each to an afternoon activity. Do you know what I mean? Unless we yeah. could ferry ourselves there or like just stay after school longer or whatever. Like it was not happening. And, um, and yeah, the, like the hours spent outside and like, with friends you know getting into trouble or whatever or like just being out being being around choosing to do spending hours with the painting whatever <laughs> like whatever it was bossing my sisters around and making them like dress up and you know little costumes and stuff I like <laughs> I live for it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I loved it and and that's like that's yeah I, I I just I just think there's like a lot to be gained from not now, of course, like I feel a little conflicted, right? As somebody who wants to be performing too, because like mm-hmm. I wouldn't go to my show. <laughs> I'd be like, nope, I'm not going out. <laughs> oh. um, but maybe that's all the more reasons to start doing things like you know house shows and whatnot. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I I love I love that. I love I love that freedom is the word that comes to mind. And I hope, I don't know, I hope that that's sort of, I hope that's what they feel a little bit of. Um, I hope that is, I don't know. I don't know if that will be what they take away, but I hope so. In terms of you being a creator and a mother, mm-hmm. is it important to you 
and I put this in air quotes, to be more than just a mum because we're never just a mum, but to be doing something for yourself outside of your mothering role? I think it's become more important for me. Ah, this is a conflict, isn't it? I struggle sometimes because I realise I do a lot of things so that people can look at me and say, wow, she's doing a lot of things. Mm. Um, and like, I glean a lot of like purpose and, and value from that, that I really wish I didn't, you know, like mm -hmm. I wish that I could, you know, spend a day doing good, like just taking care of my kids, my house, whatever, you know, like just like yeah. doing mom stuff. And at the end of the day, you know, when someone's like, what'd you do today? Tell them what I did today and feel good about it. Like I remember I was on a, I was on one of those, those Zoom co-writes with somebody and, and they said, tell me your story. This is a few years ago now. They're like, tell me your story. Like what, like what, you know, who are you, whatever. And I said, well, I'm a mom. And like, I couldn't think of another thing to say. Yeah. And so like, that was the only thing about me worth saying, but also like, I was under, you know, I was undercutting it as I said it, like just a mom. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I think I feel like that's a, I do feel compelled to do more than quote, just momming. Um, but I don't know that that's like for a very good reason. Um, Cause I think that momming is a really big risk. Making sure the next generation of people are not assholes is a really big responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> that I wish more people undertook. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No guarantees. I mean, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, fingers crossed things will work out. <laughs> It's important to me that my kids see that I'm that I do things creatively and more than just see it like I want them to know it I want them to I tell them you know like I I don't shy away from being like I need to do this thing now you know I can't look at your castle for the third time because I'm in the middle of writing something you're gonna have to wait you know and mm. and um and showing them that I value what I'm doing um as I'm doing it. And, and I used to like really relish the fact that I could shove everything into the margins of my life because I, you know, as a mom, that's kind of what you do. Um, and I, you know, of course I still, I'm up here, you know, it's like 10 o'clock in my time. Like we all, that's what we do. But, um, but also like, there's nothing wrong, you know, if it's 2 PM and I have a lyric in my mind to say like, you have to do something else right now. Mm. I'm working, I'm working on this thing. Or like, you know, if you, didn't interrupt me six times. I could be, already be done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I would, you would have me. So if you could just go do something else for a minute. Um, yeah. It, and I think it's become increasingly more important to me to articulate those kinds of things. Sometimes even just so I hear them, you know, like mm. it's important for me to be working. Hey self, <laughs> this matters. You should, you know, stop mm. interrupting yourself. The laundry will get done, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bathroom will get clean, whatever. Like, I know that you really want to get this, uh, that that's looming over you, but also like, 
that will that will not change <laughs> but mm. you might lose this line of thought you know like you might lose this creative line of thought exactly but the bathroom will stay dirty so <laughs> follow yes, the, the line of thought not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the thing isn't like as a creative person you things will strike you at any time there's no predictability mm-hmm. about it whatsoever mm-hmm. it's like you've got to get it down because it, it'll go and it won't come back yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've had that yeah. happen so many times where i've thought to myself just remember this, just remember this, just remember this. No. Nah. No. Like two seconds later. Yeah. Gone. Literally gone. <laughs> I even, um, I was saying to someone the other day that I, at work sometimes, I'll be out in the yard with the kids and I'll get, I'm very, I seem to pick up, like get ideas through rhythm. So I'll hear someone mm. pat, doing something. That's like so Many cool. times at work, <laughs> I'd be patting babies to sleep and just get songs mm. just from the rhythm of my patting. So I have to rec- I have to put it down. So I'll run into the toilet and like quickly <laughs> record on yeah. my voice messages. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> I go, that's good. I can relax now. I've got that down. You know? Yes. Oh, oh my God, that feeling is so good. Yes. I don't, never mind the fact that I haven't named it and we'll have like a dozen more before I, I look <laughs> at them again. But still, it's, it's such there. a relief. And they're all like, <laughs> and like somehow from that, you're going to get an idea. Exactly. <laughs> do you find um, with your writing process, do you get a tune or do you get lyrics or like, how does it come to you generally? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm always interested in this because I don't know. Um, so <laughs> oftentimes, <laughs> oftentimes it'll be like a little phrase with a lyric. So like a little musical phrase with a lyric and then like, where does that take me? And then often it'll be a melody that I kind of can, can put words into, but it'll start usually with like a little line of melody and and lyric together. And then they'll move from there. But for me, like, like you said, you were saying earlier, it's, it really helps when you're writing a song that you keep that like comes from you, you know what I mean? Like I'm writing, this is what's on my mind. And so this is like, there's a folk, it's not like an amorphous, like, I love you. You know what I mean? Like it's not like, yeah. and then we fell in love. Oh, cool. You yeah. know, it's like something a lot more specific or an idea that's a little more specific that can kind of guide then, you know, like whatever the narrative and, and, and tone of the song, you know, evolves into. Yeah. What about, you said from rhythm. Is that, does Lately. the rhythm become a melody? Does it become? Um, sometimes it becomes the melody. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. just what I hear and I make mm-hmm. a, melody over the top of it's really mm. random like I've had times where I've just been walking and mm-hmm. I think I've been conscious of my footsteps and I've just got stuff mm. yeah and the, yeah patting patting babies to sleep I reckon I've written about four songs that. patting babies to sleep and then rushed oh out of the baby's God, room and quickly so written it down really quickly because <laughs> um, you can't have your phone with you there on the floor so it's like right right yeah. right right yeah um but yeah it's just and it yeah it just, I just find it so fascinating how it'll literally just boom, it'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's not there. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't slowly creep in. It's like bang, done. Like yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. It is such a, it's it. such a neat process. And it's so different for every songwriter. Yeah. I've been following this guy named Derek Webb. Um, he, he started this, pro- the reason I followed him is because he started this project. He's like, I'm going to write this album out loud. Like I'm going to live stream through my writing sessions and I was like can't oh, wait wow. to watch that happen <laughs> now I've been watching him him write this album and like you know watching all the live it's just it's such a different he's much more like intellectual than I am and like much more cerebral about the way that he does things right. but he's like you know his like notes of all the lyric options and then like all the voice notes and you listen through with them and there are a lot of those like <laughs> you know things that he then like piece together 
into a story or in a, yeah. a, a, a vocal narrative. And um, yeah, it's just been, it's been really interesting and inspirational because you're like, oh man, there's so many ways to go about this. Um, mm. And I don't have to be, you know, pigeonholed by what I've known, you know, yeah. in one way. Like maybe there's a lot of other ways too, yeah. which is cool. That, I've got to say, writing songs has been one of the few things that I've just completely trusted my gut on that I haven't oh. felt like, am I doing this right? And I'm that sort of person, I think, because mm-hmm. of this perfectionism. Oh, how mm-hmm. does everyone else do it? You know, like I find, mm-hmm. obviously I find that interesting, but as a kid, like yeah. I wrote a lot of poetry and stuff and I don't think I ever, I didn't care what anyone else thought or anyone else did. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the few mm-hmm. things in my life where I've really been able to say that. I just realised oh. that just then. Wow. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And that's, uh, I mean, like, that's such a good word because you're like, because (laughs) that's the whole thing with songwriting. Like, you know, there are what I think the latest data, somebody just said this, I think it's something like a hundred thousand songs are uploaded like a day to Spotify or something very depressing like that. Um, But, you, you know, like what makes you you like what's the weirdest thing about you like what's the most true strange specific thing about you that you can trust and that's what's gonna you know that's what makes it worth it you know that's Mm -hmm. what makes it worth it to have your voice and share it um to be you like you're not trying to be anybody else Mm -hmm. and when you're not trying to be anybody else is when you when you're the most you know um uh, trustworthy really you know as an artist Mm -hmm. yeah that's it isn't it that authenticity and Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think you can get like that. That number is a scary number. That like mm. just made me shudder. Um, listening, God, how's yeah. anyone ever going to hear my music? But it's yeah. like, I think sometimes um, as an artist, you can be caught up in what what is successful, what what is being played on the mm. radio, or what is whatever your yeah. idea of success is. What is holding that space? And like, oh, I'll yeah. try and do that, but it never works because it's not you. You know, it's just yeah. you can't fake yourself I don't know like you can't fake yourself yeah <laughs> you can't that's it <laughs> if you take anything out don't take anything else from this podcast you can't fake yourself you can't remember fake yourself. that kid <laughs> yeah so I don't know it's yeah. just yeah yeah anyway yeah I've really gone That's off. Such a, no, you haven't. This, I mean, to me, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. It's all online because it's it's just a, it's a authenticity piece. It's like you we were talking about like, do your kids show up in your music? Do you, well, if you're writing from an authentic place and you happen to have kids, probably you know, yeah. probably one way or another, even if it's not explicitly like I have kids, you, you're singing yeah. on some level, you know, f- for about because. Um, you know, in the space between them, you know, whatever, it's going to be informed by that because it's your life. That's the life that you're living. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Yeah. I actually had another mum I had on the podcast say, say a very similar thing. She's like, mm-hmm. this is the person I am. I'm a mother with children. So this is what comes out of me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry, actually. <laughs> no, you're not sorry. No, you're not sorry. Not sorry. So you call us the witches. You don't understand. You can't see our power. So call us the witches. 
So on that, this is something I used to talk about a lot in the podcast, and it's sort of waned a little bit lately, but I'm going to bring it back up about this, the the role of sort of capitalism, I guess, in creativity. Mm. And when you mm-hmm. say, you know, there's that many new songs coming out of Spotify every day, and as an independent artist, it's like, how the hell will anyone hear me? But it's like, it's like you don't create it for other people to hear it. Mm-hmm. You create it because yeah. this is your way of expressing yourself. You have to. Yeah, and you have to. <laughs> yes, yes. And the value that you place on that creativity doesn't become diminished just because you're not earning um, a financial gain from mm-hmm. it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... Yeah. Gosh, boy, is that a tough one because you, especially if you are coming from a place of being primarily a a parent and not a breadwinner and not an income earner, Mm -hmm. um, you, I always feel like there's like, I have to make an excuse for doing my work or spending money on my work. Um, and or for my work rather and uh and spending the time the time too you know because that's a that's a that's a pretty precious resource as well um but i (laughs) i was at a kid's party once and this mom was looking at her four kids running around and she was talking about how she and her husband you know took turns or whatever for to pursue their particular passions she's a librarian (laughs) um so she wanted she really wanted this one job at a university in a position and uh, it was a tenured position, whatever, but she was going to school and she said, you know what, to get really what you want, what you want, if you're in this position, you just got to bleed money. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) She's like, yeah, just bleed it. You know what I mean? Just bleed it for a while because at least you'll be happy. (laughs) And, uh, And I was like, oh, you know what I mean? And on some level, I think I've carried that around with me. Like this is, it's worth it mm. if it leads to that, because your kids are not going to be like, my mom was financially secure. Your kids are <laughs> going to be like, <laughs> my mom was happy. You know, my mom did what she loved. And um, I'm not sure why I'm talking about myself. Like I'm giving a eulogy, but my, you know, like they're saying like my mom, <laughs> My mom does what she loves. My mom um, pursues her passions in ways that allow me to feel like I can as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, like whatever the cost financially was, like within reason, obviously, like within yeah. reason. Um, but for for me, I find like that was very validating because I was like, oh, I'm not the only one out here being like, sorry. <laughs> to mm. so, like, like, make it a rain for a lot of other people because I just you know cause it costs a lot of money to record mm-hmm. um and to you know and to get a publicist and to like to get things heard in any sort of way is hard and expensive mm-hmm. and um a little bit required you know uh on a lot of levels um you know depending of course on on your circumstance but um I don't know I guess that that I ran into her just a few weeks ago again. And I was like, you know what you told me? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I got that dream job. And then I left it. <laughs> I was oh. like, what? <laughs> She's like, but I got a better one. But I got a better one. Oh, <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Okay, at least there's that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just like the the ability to believe that 
that art exists outside of money you know that that it's real it's a real f you isn't it it's a real fuck you to capitalism to be like i'm going to continue making my art and loving it and doing it well mm -hmm. um and sharing it you know best i can however i can regardless and outside of this system that doesn't want me in it mm. um because yeah. like some days i feel like i can't crack this and some days i'm like why am i trying to crack this mm. <laughs> you know yeah but that yeah, yeah it's tricky <laughs> yeah it's something i've always struggled with is that i spend more money on my art than what i make from it and yeah i sort of feel <laughs> i find that really hard to justify sometimes like you know mm. i could have paid for the kids to do something you know like that money mm. could have gone to something else but then I think I I need to do this like I need to have my needs met in this mm -hmm. way and mm -hmm. this is just how it manifests and yeah I'm married to a financial planner which makes life really challenging sometimes mm -hmm. <laughs> who says mm -hmm. you need <laughs> to sell this many of your cds or you need to sell this many whatever and I'm like I'm not listening to that because I can't be held to that. You know, I'm doing it because I love doing it. Yeah. That has to be really stressful um, <laughs> to receive that. That has to be a really stressful message <laughs> for sure. It's very helpful in other ways because I know sure. we'll have enough money when we retire. But apart yeah. from that, it's like <laughs> it can get challenging at times. And it's like That's these amazing. literally the two worlds colliding of, you know, <laughs> mm. Mm -hmm. and yeah. the opposite of that um, yeah absolutely <laughs> but yeah I don't know it's like yeah I, and I also find I also get quite jaded by um you know the commercial radio and the whole music industry um so it is literally a money-making machine and I sort of think I think uh, when I was younger and I had friends around me like oh we've got to get a record deal we've got to get signed and whatever mm -hmm. and it's like mm -hmm. I actually don't want anyone else to take ownership of anything that I've written or recorded, mm -hmm. um, even if that means that I'm not going to be on whatever radio station because that's not who I am. Um, mm. And that might sound like I'm selling it or I'm, I'm making an excuse why I haven't gotten signed. Do you know what I mean? But I no, really no, no, think, no. like, you just look at the whole mess Taylor Swift got herself in with that bloke that held all of her um, rights and then sold them and then yeah. now she's had to go back mm -hmm. and record everything. You just think like even now she probably truly doesn't own her work, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. That's, <laughs> I mean, and I think that indie artists, so this goes back, to, I think it goes back to just recording with those guys in Nashville because I, you know, I'm I'm on the East Coast of the United States and it's kind of like a go, go, go um, mentality it, there's a lot of urgency there's a lot of busyness mm -hmm. um and that's just kind of in the air and like it's not even something I notice unless I'm somewhere else right yeah and um in in Nashville I, just the first time I went down you know it was it was January of 2021 so the rug had essentially just been pulled out from under all these you know musicians were sitting there with the band hired to do this gig and that was probably really good for them and everything uh, but like some several of them are touring musicians that just didn't have a job anymore you know mm. and um you could get really down and um 
about that and that could really sort of destroy you and your confidence but like every single one of them was like well yeah and then i learned how to do this from home and then i figured out this thing and i thought why isn't this possible and mm -hmm. um that's sort of been the thing every time i've gone down there just the spirit of like well why not you know like mm. why don't we try and these aren't like big huge artists you know they're they're usually little indie people and um you know i just this last project i recorded um uh, the drummer uh who we got her name is megan coleman but she she was um had just been on tour with allison russell who's a really big americana yeah. um person who was on tour with brandy carlisle like that was the tour she was just on you know yeah. and then she came and recorded my little rinky dink project you know what i mean and so like <laughs> to be a working successful musician means so many different things mm. and it really has a lot to do with your belief in possibility and also imagination and I think that's really what that, um, you know, what that, what the, these experiences have really shown me is that like <laughs> doing the thing and actually my, so my producer's wife said this to me um, when we, we had dinner when, um, when I was there and she was like, you know, that you're doing, you're doing the thing. You're already doing it. You know, like you don't have to wait for some abstract, like successful, like, you know, sun to come up over the horizon. <laughs> like yeah. you're doing the thing. And that is it, you know, like, congratulations, because you're doing the thing. And I don't think I'd ever really thought about it that way before, where it's like, oh, I get to, you know, am I making money? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> would I like to be? Sure. That's a separate <laughs> issue. <laughs> it's a separate issue altogether. Am I getting to believe that my creative um, pursuits, uh, instincts, um, and outcomes are, are worth trusting and pursuing. I do get to do that every day. And that's, mm. that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's yeah. Pretty cool. yeah. And you've got your daughters watching, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're usually pretty annoyed with me, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> later they're going to be like, <laughs> Oh dear. Have you got anything in the future that you want to mention that's coming up or um, anything else you want to mention, anything at all that's on your mind? Oh, I don't know. What is on my mind these days? I'm, but, you know, I, uh, I guess I want to emphasize that, like, you're not doing it wrong if it's really hard. Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm. things worth doing are hard. That's just it. And, like, today and this week I've really been struggling because, you know, people don't get back to me quickly or with the right answers that I want at that moment. Like today I got frustrated because I was out talking to a photographer and I, I have this idea for a photo shoot for this next project. And mm -hmm. he wouldn't just say like, do this, this is a good idea. And every time I leave a conversation, God, I think, what's that? Do they hate my idea? Like, is it not worth pursuing? Should I trust it? Um, and like, you feel this really lonely because you're like, I'm the only one who thinks this. Yeah. And I guess, I guess I want to say like, yeah, even if you're the only one who thinks it, it's, 
it's your, you know, it's worth doing. Mm. It's worth doing. If you, if you, if you're compelled to do it, you know, you can't stop thinking about it. And <laughs> it's, um, you know, if it's, if it's becomes that sort of like obsessive thought, chances are like, you're not going to be able to not do it. Mm. Um, and yeah. And, and to just, I guess, trust it trust that difficulty not not because it makes it easier <laughs> not because it makes it easier but <laughs> but because it i don't know it reminds you uh, i guess maybe of the worth of the worth of it and you know looking back on all the work from the last project that was predominantly solo and really difficult mm -hmm. um i'm so proud of it you know mm -hmm. i'm so proud and i know you know through all this like you know every day it's sort of this like Will the person making the video get back to me? Will the person booking the venue? Will the it's always just this like silent prayer, like somebody's gonna be like, yes, this is good. <laughs> mm. Um, but the first this is good, like has to come, has to come from me. This mm. is good and it is worth it. And I'm not gonna give up until somebody sees that it's good with me. <laughs> mm. Not because that validates it, but because it needs to be out in the world somewhere. Yeah. And whoever needs to hear it should hear it. And so I'm going to do the best I can to make sure that they do. Oh, good on you. I love that. <laughs> that is a, that is brilliantly said. I think we can all relate to that in different levels. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's really good. I don't think so. I mean, I got a new project coming out, but I don't have a specific date for that yet, so I can't pitch it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'd love to have you there. It's Katie underscore Callahan underscore music. Um, you know, that's, uh, it's pretty fun. Pretty fun over there. A lot of, it is fun. I can vouch for that. Apple. There's a lot of, <laughs> lot of snakes over shoulders. Snakes and... <laughs> oh God. Sometimes I think about the people like, oh my God, who's actually seen this? Like periodically, like the preschool teacher will like it. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Awesome. <laughs> nah, good idea. Um, I'll, I'll put the yeah. links to your, uh, to all your bits and bobs in the show notes so people can yeah. click along and. Yeah, and I mean, as soon as as soon as I have stuff to share about the new the new stuff, I'm I'm so excited about it, and it's you know it's for people like you interview, you know, like <laughs> when I whenever I listen, I'm like, oh man, that is exactly that's exactly the kind of person that I want, you know, that I want to hear this yeah, this new cool. music um, that's coming out. So yeah, it's about it's about us guys. So <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't so, wait to so hear I'm it. I'm excited. That. That's yeah. awesome. Thank Good you. on you. Thank oh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure chatting yeah. and you, I just keep doing what you're doing because I just love, love your energy and your enthusiasm and what you're sharing with the world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a true joy. I loved it. Love meeting you. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us by the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum. Helen Thompson is a childcare educator and baby massage instructor and she knows being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. Join Helen each week in the First Time Mums Chat podcast where she'll help ease your transition into parenthood. 
Helen aims to offer supported, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months of age. Helen's goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. Check out First Time Mums Chat at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast. <laughs>